It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Well, it's been kind of a mix of a week, right? The last time that I sat down to do this show, the Blue Jackets had just come up with back-to-back wins in Carolina. Everybody was feeling good. The tone of the questions all changed. Well, what has happened since then? The Blue Jackets dropped two at home to Carolina, even though they did get a point in an overtime game. They have arguably their worst game of the season on Saturday in Detroit, and then they finish up that series in Detroit on Sunday. So it's, um, I don't know, people are not as chipper this week, I would say, as they were last week. And that's okay. There are going to be ups and downs. Uh, I think I can put everything into perspective for you, though, really, right from the beginning. Uh, Before I get to, um, well, no, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for the mailbag because I know I have a question that I can give the same thought to that I was going to give to you right now. So I'm going to hold it. That's a tease. Yes, that's a tease. I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to give it to you in just a little bit. But first, I am going to tell you about my great friends over at Telhio Credit Union. You know, at Telhio Credit Union, it was 1934 when they made the, the mandate that they were going to put their customers above everything else. That was going to be number one, the way they took care of their customers. And they have stayed with that ever since. Long, long time. It is their mantra. It is in their DNA, however you want to say it. That's exactly what it is. It's Ohio Credit Union. So maybe you are looking for a place to put your money. Maybe you're starting to wonder, can I do better? Well, just go to tellhio.org. Start to surf around the website, and you'll be able to find out if you can do better by going there. They've got all of their services listed. They've got the perks that go along with the services, their interest rates. It's all right there on the website. If you can't find what you're looking for during normal business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. You can click on that and somebody will pop up on that screen and help to navigate you through. So the question for you is, why keep my money in just a regular bank when I can use a credit union that puts me ahead of everything else? Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find them on the web at tellhio.org. All right, let's get to it and find out what's on your mind this week in the Monday mailbag. And like I said, um, the, the mood has changed a little bit, not, uh, not 100%, but a little bit. Uh, and I've got a couple of voice questions here. I think I'm just going to start with that. And we're just going to fire right through and find out what is on your mind as the Blue Jackets are getting set to open a series in Tampa against the defending Stanley Cup champs. Let's see. Here's our first question. Hey, good morning, Bob. Greg in Cleveland here. Okay, three things in under 90 seconds. First off, word economy. I couldn't agree more. Nobody wants to hear the preamble to the Constitution when the question is only about who's going to skate tomorrow night. Second thing, Cameron, I love your questions, your opinions, whether I disagree or agree with them. However, if there's one recommendation I may have, it is to stay away from Facebook. That place is a pit of toxicity. The devil lives there. Third and final thing, Bob, last year that you had mentioned uh, goalies and how there's such a surplus of of very good goalies in the league, so their value is going to decrease, supply and demand. So with that being said, who do you think is a center out there that is on par in a trade for either Corpus Allo or Merzlikens? As you mentioned this summer, one of them could possibly get dealt. 
Uh, so who do you think is a realistic center? And I'm not one of these guys that's like, hey, let's go trade for Sidney Crosby. Uh, we're not living in a video game. Let's get realistic, people. So what is your thought on that? Who is a realistic center we could get? Thank you. Well, that is, uh, that, those are good questions, Greg. And thanks for the, the word economy. I talked about that last week. I talked about saying the same thing with less words. That's where word economy came from. And uh, Cameron Maynard, who's been a frequent contributor to the program, especially in the last couple of weeks, he's been uh, down on Tortorella. Last week, he was up on Tortorella. Um, that's in case you're not a regular follower, and you should be. But if you're not, that's what Greg was talking about, uh, Cameron, and getting his information off Facebook. I already busted him on that two weeks ago. I don't need to go back into that today. But uh, as far as the center, I like how you said the realistic uh, way of looking at it, the realistic way, because there are uh, different ways to approach that. And I, I don't know is the answer to the question, because, you know, are you going to go out? You're probably not going to go out and get somebody at the trade deadline. I, I think things have to change dramatically for you to pull off something big at the trade deadline. If you can pull off something big at the trade deadline. But what I'm going to say is this, Greg. Yeah, Sidney Crosby thing, that's ridiculous, okay? But there is another guy that is out there and could be available that I don't know if it's out of the realm of possibility. And I've got some more questions about this, so stay with me, and we're going to get to it as we continue here. But there is one guy, and I don't know how realistic it is. I don't even know if it would be a good fit for this, but you're asking about guys. The first thing you do if you're going to talk about it at this time of year, what do you do? You talk about teams that are not going to make the playoffs. And there are – some of them jump right out to you. And other ones are on the bubble like this team. This team is on the bubble right now. So uh, stay with me. I'm going to get to that a little bit more in uh, just a few. Let's get to uh, our next question right here. Hi, Bob. Jonathan from Grove City here. I'm apologizing in advance because I know this will be a little bit longer, but I'm going to try to keep it as concise as possible for a few different questions. First off, I wanted to hear your thoughts on how you think Columbus is going to address the center position moving forward. I think it's near impossible to get a top center uh, before the trade deadline. And even after that, the only three pieces that you have that are worth a top center are Line A and Warinsky and Jones. Uh, Seth Jones could probably go on a one-for-one. One. The other two probably need other pieces to go with them, honestly. Um, and even then, finding a dance partner for a top-tier center is nearly impossible on its own. Uh, so uh, it seems like they're most likely going to have to pick up probably maybe a second-line guy um, and hope that he can be good enough to play top-line minutes um, because, if, as you said, their window is open now. We don't have time to wait to draft and develop a guy for four or five years down the road uh, being that kind of center. Second question. How do you think uh, Gus Nyquist is going to fit into this lineup when he comes back? Um, I don't anticipate much in the way of any movement from at the trade deadline, as I think they're going to be too in it to sell off your UFAs, and they're going to be too not in it to double down on and try to really pick up major pieces. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, where what line you would stick him on, kind of coming out, assuming that he's you know, ready to go um, and not needing a lot of time to get his legs under him, which I know he'll need at least some. Third question, I wanted to ask, which, with the goaltender situation, it seems everyone agrees 
this team will not have both goalies on their roster come next season, assuming crazy stuff doesn't happen in the goalie market again this year. With that being the case, I know Corpusalo is your guy. Uh, I know you like Elvis, but clearly I, you favor Corpy. Um, I don't know that Darmo does. Uh, I don't know that he's ever really shown what goalie he thinks. Um, but if he's unsure which to go with, because they both are pretty comparable, Elvis has the higher ceiling, but Corpy's more consistent. I think you let the market decide. Um, and whichever one you can get the higher return for, I think you move them. I don't think that unless Yarma really has a lot of confidence in one of them, I don't think it's worth picking one and then just get selling the other one for whatever you get for him. Um, but wanted to get how you would approach that situation, whether you pick one, um, whether you just get the best return for whichever one you can get rid of, uh, whether you go to the players and honestly have conversations with Nick Foligno or Seth Jones to get their thoughts on it. Um, and then the last question is, how do you approach the situation of swagger? So I know Torts talks a lot about wanting guys to play with swagger, but it seems like a really thin line between that and playing overconfident or, you know, making bad plays, trying to do too much with the puck. Um, you know, I think it's really hard to tell where people are on that spectrum. Um, and so I'm just kind of curious as how to you do or how do you think Torts sees guys trying to make plays and decides whether that's them trying to play with swagger or that that's them trying to do too much. Um, it seems like some guys have a lot of rope. Some guys don't have as much rope. Um, you know, does that ruin their confidence if they're trying to play with swagger and you undercut them and, and cut down their minutes, put them into other situations? So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think that's a really tough topic um, to look at and because it's completely subjective. Um, so thanks. Sorry again for the length, but uh, hopefully some interesting stuff to hear from you about. Yeah, well, there is a lot there to uh, to take apart. So first of all, thanks for that. Um, where, where do you want me to start at the beginning? I really wanted to, I'm, I'm going to go beginning and middle together because when you were talking about trying to acquire a centerman and saying that the only pieces you had were, you know, Zach and Seth and line, a, you forgot a piece and that's a goalie, which you came back to ask about the goalies. But I think that a goalie is one of the pieces in that type of a transaction to get a top line centerman. If you can find, where could you find a team that needs a goalie that would take maybe a highly skilled defenseman and probably have to give up a first round pick, but you get a big name centerman who has underperformed throughout his career, whose team is absolutely in the toilet this year. And just about everybody on the roster is touchable. Nobody's an untouchable. Where would you find that? Where could you go and find such a situation? Buffalo. Buffalo. Kevin Adams is a general manager there. He's a rookie GM. He's, he's inherited just a total disaster, a complete disaster. He had a fire his coach a couple of weeks ago. His players are underperforming. Jack Eichel is, is a centerman. Who was second? Uh, he was taken in his draft year, second overall behind Connor McDavid. He's hurt right now, but he's got two goals, two. All right, they have another guy there in Jeff Skinner who didn't score a goal for over a calendar year, and I think he's got three. He's making nine million dollars a year. A total mess, and their problems. I don't care what they say. 
And they're not saying anything about it. Linus Olmark is their number one goalie. They just got him back from injury. Okay. He is, um, and I believe he becomes an unrestricted free agent too. They need help in the goaltending department. Is there any way to package something that includes a goalie for Jack Eichel? Is Jack Eichel the kind of guy that you should be looking to build your franchise around? Do you feel that a combination of Eichel and Line will give you the one-two punch in the offensive department that you don't have? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. When you talk about centermen, obviously we're looking at it from this team being a contender with the window open, as was said. That window's closing. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's just be honest about this, okay? As I talk to you right now, the window is closing, and it's closing rapidly. Can you do something to keep it open? Can you do something before you have to say, you know what? got to start over. You got to do it again. Because I know there are a lot of people out there saying, don't make the playoffs. Just finish in the top five. It's time to get an impact player here. <laughs> I, I just... I shake my head at that. I, I do. Because you're you're there. You're in the middle. Nobody wants to start it over. Starting it, Do you know what starting it over actually means? Do you know how many years starting over translates into? Seven to ten. Just had that conversation with uh, Ken Daniels from the Red Wings on last Friday's edition of the show. Go look it up. When he's talking about the Red Wings rebuild and how long it was predicted to take, how long it's taking. So for anybody that says, ah, oh, forget it, just scrap it, just start over. Oh, yeah, that's easy to say today. But you do have pieces. You do have Seth Jones. You've got to find out if Seth Jones is going to stay here at the end of his contract. Are you going to build your franchise around Seth Jones? Because if you do, that to me, that's a smart move. You want him to be the centerpiece. You want to build around him. You've got some pieces that you can put around him right now. Is Jones going to stay? If he is, what's he going to cost? Can you still afford Wierenski? Does he end up being somebody that you have to look to move for financial purposes? Patrick Line, do you want to keep him around? Saturday, he had exactly zero shots on goal. Can you believe that? Zero. Now, a lot of you love to blame the coach. Well, it's the coach's fault that he's not scoring. It's the coach's fault he's not shooting the puck. It's the coach's. Nobody can get him the puck. Nobody. Okay, I'm, but I'm sorry. When you are that talented offensively, like he is, how could you possibly go through an entire game without one single shot? I don't get it. I don't get it. And it has been, it has been commonplace here. No shots, one shot, two shot. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Jody Shelley asked him a couple of weeks ago in media availability where his confidence is. He said zero. That is, again, it's easy to turn and blame the coach. Well, it must be his fault. There's personal responsibility. And this goes to the swagger question. You know, how do you play with swagger? First of all, you don't play with swagger unless you believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing. Now, can you get overconfident with it? Yeah. Do some people need to be knocked down a few pegs? Yeah, they do. But this is a team that is tepid and tentative in many ways. Max Domi is a guy that should be skating with a lot of swagger, I think. 
And we saw a little bit out of him when he strung together some good games. But then what happens? And he begins to struggle again, and then it goes away. So, you know, to, to go on the swagger thing, and, yeah, it's subjective, as you said. But, Jonathan, it's subjective because you either got it or you don't. I mean, the, the way this team is playing, you can't have it because nobody's playing well to, to have it. And finally, to address the goalie specifically, like you said, Corpus Allo's my guy and, you know, who's Yarmo's guy or who's the right, you know, when, when you talked about let the, uh, the league dictate the market, that's probably smart, quite honestly. And, you know, I want to clarify too. I mean, Corpus Allo has been here longer. He's, you know, I've, I've watched his body of work for longer. But I can tell you now after watching Elvis what, what I like and what I don't like. I like that he's a big personality. I am not sure if he's too big of a personality yet. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with is he, is he a bigger personality than he is a star in this league? And I don't know if you understand what I mean, but um, I think if you can be a big personality, but you've got to back it up and play really well every single day. And what I, what I struggle with with Elvis, I, I like him. I think he's a great kid. I like his personality. He's very funny, all of those things. So as they say, it's not personal, it's just business. I'll tell you what makes me nervous when he plays. The number of rebounds, the, his... His selectiveness in playing a puck and smothering a puck. I don't recall him smothering many pucks. Sometimes you just have to smother the puck and live to fight another battle. And I think sometimes he's very guilty of trying to continue that battle. I can win it. I can win it. I can do this. I'm going to show you I can win this. And, and then it doesn't happen. Still, Saturday, went behind the net two times and got caught and could have been in big trouble trying to play the puck. I don't care if you go behind the net and play the puck. I love it. If you're good at it and you can do it, you can act as a third defenseman, awesome. But when you go back there under bad decisions and then you get caught there and then you get the puck stolen from you, that is an issue with me. And I saw it almost happen two times. And I saw it almost happen two times in a period where the rest of the team was playing very badly. So they already needed to button it up. And then he's out there trying to do too much. Maybe that's it. He tries to do too much. But I think sometimes he, he gets this, I'll show you. I'll show you how good I really am. I'll show you how good I can be. And it's not the right situation to do that. Now, that's my personal thoughts. You know, sticking pucks aside instead of catching them or just diving on them or whatever. You don't have to constantly have the clock turning. Stop it. Let your guys get a breather. Get a new line on the ice, whatever it may be. You don't have to, you don't have to make every play with your stick as a goalie. I was talking with John Luc Grandpierre about goalies who play the puck, and he brought up Alex Nedeljkovic, who played for Carolina. And we just saw him over the course. We saw him three times in four games over a week. And I thought John Luke had a great point in saying the way that he plays it. He's a total riverboat gambler, that guy. But when he picks his spot, he just goes. But I think he picks his spot. I think he's very 
smart and selective how he picks it. And you know what? If you are playing in front of a goalie that's like that, and if he makes a mistake one out of every six times, if he's going to do it five out of six times, you're okay with that. You can handle that. But if it starts to be one of three, one of two, then that's where, you know, you want to tell him, back it down. Come on, just stay in the in the crease as much as you can and play the puck minimally. Cover it, glove it, you know, whatever, whatever it is. So that's what, and again, Elvis, great guy. I, you know, there are people in this league that say that his potential is higher than Corpusalo. Yeah, okay, I could believe that. I could believe that. But they're both doing – they're kind of doing the same job here right now. But one is a little bit more predictable than the other. So if you're one of those people that thinks that unpredictability is great all the time, then you really like it. If you're one that would like to see a little bit more safe play in the crease, then you don't like it. And I, I guess at times I just want to see a little bit more – safe play. If you had a team that could outscore somebody six to five every night, big deal. But when you're grinding to win games two to one and two to nothing, and you can barely make a mistake with the team that you have in front of you, then you need that guy to cut down his mistakes and give you the chance to win those games. Now, don't get me wrong. The, you know, Saturday, especially in Detroit, the way the Red Wings came out and they scored two in the first period and then won the game three to one. That's not his fault. He had zero support, zero. I'm not blaming him on that. I'm just saying that I, well, I did say he almost got caught twice behind the net and he almost did almost, but he didn't. But here's the other thing about goalies. And this is not talked about. It's going to get talked about more starting this week. I will guarantee you this. Daniil Tarasov is here. He is in Cleveland with the monsters. He has come from Russia. He is ready to make his mark in North America. Now, I'll tell you this. I've heard from not one, but two goaltending coaches that this guy has the best potential of the three we're talking about. Okay? So, I've got to see it to believe it to an extent. I trust the people that have told me that so far. So, I'm very much looking forward to his arrival, whenever that is. I'm not saying it's going to be this week. I'm not saying it's going to be by the end of this year. I'm just saying. We're talking about these two guys. And they're both unrestricted free agents, right? At some point here, their contracts are ending at the same time. You've got to make a choice between the two of them. Is the choice going to be, and this is really interesting, and this is why we're going to find out based on how Tarasov plays in Cleveland. The goalie of the two that we're talking about right now, are you selecting your starter or are you selecting your backup for the next guy? Think about that. Think about that. And I don't know. I, Again, I've got to see him play before I can tell you. I just know he's 6'5", and he gets rave reviews, and, and he's in Cleveland. So... Cleveland's a long way from here, but it's not that far from here. Correct? Correct. All right, where are we going to go here? Uh, back to back to your questions. 
I hope I got to all of that. In fact, I started, as I started talking there, I got so long-winded on it. I didn't have word economy on the answer, I guess, but I hope I addressed all of it. I think I did. Anyway, next question. Hey, Bob, it's Adam out in Denver, Colorado. This one might be a little bit late coming in, but I did watch the Jackets lose to the Red Wings today, and I know a lot of people are getting mad at torts, and I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure if it's a torts problem. I'm almost wondering, is it a problem with the players Yarmo is bringing in? I'm not sure if it's just the guys aren't executing, but it seems like, you know, the Jackets win one, lose one, win one, lose one. That the consistency is not there. And sometimes I wonder if Yarmo's just not bringing in the right pieces. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but I wanted to get your take. Thanks. Well, Adam, good to hear from you. Hope things are going well there in Denver. Um, this one's tough because I, I just, again, when you look at what was done on the surface, we all thought getting Max Domi was a great deal, didn't we? And we all thought once Dubois wanted out, getting line A was a fantastic thing, right? We all thought that. And if I would have told you getting Roslovic would be the better piece than getting line A, and I'm not saying overall that's it. I'm saying as we sit here today and we're talking about performance right now, right this second. If I would have told you that, would you have told me I was crazy? Probably. Probably would have. And you would have had a good uh, a good reason to tell me that. But anyway, we all thought it was it was going to work. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes the chemistry is just not there. And it is a weird year, but it's gone so long that you can't even use that as an excuse anymore. So this team, look, here's the thing. The two guys that left here in Josh Anderson and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I'm going to be completely honest with you and tell you what you already know. Why they left, why they wanted out so bad, I don't know. I don't know all of the ins and outs of it. I still don't. And a big part of me doesn't care. But I'll tell you the part that I do care about is these players were prototypical John Tortorella-style players. Big, hard to play against, skilled, and not one left, but two of them left. And they got replaced by guys that were, you know, billed as being skilled. They are skilled. They are skilled. They haven't scored as much as they want to or as much as they have in the past, but they're skilled guys, okay? So coming back with skill, but without that other element, that physical element. And, um, and that hurts. That hurts. There's no question about it. Now, you get backed into a corner where you've got to deal some guys – and you do the best you can. And we all thought that. We all thought that, you know, what Yarmo did was exactly the best that he could have done in those situations. And it just hasn't worked out. And I think sometimes that's just the way it goes. And that's okay. But the next step is the important one. How do you fix it? Where do you go next? So that's when you're talking about evaluations of coaches and then of general managers, I think the you know, it's where do you go from here? Yarmo's been great at getting people that nobody thought would ever play here. Nobody. Did you ever think Patrick Line would play here? Of course not. Did you ever think that Artemi Panarin would play here? No way. So he's been good at it. I don't want to, 
I'm not going to give up on what he's done. I, I don't give up on either him or John Tortorella. They both have created a track record here. But they are both at a point with the roster that there is here where the question has to be answered. What are you going to do to turn it around? Can it be turned around? What are you going to do to turn it around? And what's that going to involve? And those are the big questions, especially for Yarmo, that he's going to have to address. He's already, he's already thinking about it. Let's be honest. He's been thinking about this for months. He sees what's going on here. There's no way he can be pleased with it. He knows he's got to do something to fix it. He knows what timetable he's under. He knows the potential free agency has coming up. He knows all that stuff. So we'll let him do it and, and see what direction it goes. So um, I hope that answers your question, Adam. Thought what he was bringing in was good. It has turned out not to be good. Sometimes it's just not your fault. But then you got to figure out what you're going to do about it and how you're going to fix it. All right, how about another voice question? Hi, Bob. This is Fennec in UA. It's been a bit of a frustrating season. It seems like every time this team starts to get some momentum, they follow it up by laying an egg. So I'm going to switch it up and ask a non-hockey question. I noticed that you stopped using talk to you later as your outro. Uh, I was just wondering why you made the switch and if there was a reason you used that song to begin with. Did you have a falling out with Bill Spooner and the Tubes? Did they send you a cease and desist order? I kind of miss it. Uh, also, feel free to use this message as a good example of how to ask a quick, concise question without rambling on for two minutes, asking four different questions, and telling us every thought that goes through your head. Thanks, Bob. Go Jackets. Well played and well done. Um, I missed the song, too. And no, I didn't get a cease and desist order from the tubes, but I thought I might. So in this day and age, uh, it became easier just to just to move on to something else. And, and I'm, I'm sad about it. I've used that for years. I used that when I was in Syracuse at the end of my uh, live post-game call-in show every night that we did after every home game in the, in the club that was in the building there. So I, I like it. I just I picked it because you're finishing up done talking to you, talk to you later. Right. Made sense. I like the song. It made sense. Uh, but yeah, in, uh, in today's world, I figured that, um, uh, you know, it was, it was probably best just to move on and do something else. So begrudgingly I did because sometimes things change in life and you have to make the changes, whether you like them or you don't like them, you just make them right. All right, let me get a couple of questions off Twitter. Um, got Phil Parks here that says, why does John Tortorella favor Michael Delzato? He makes too many turnovers. What is he seeing that the rest of us aren't? Is this for real? Where would this team be without Michael Delzato right now? A veteran defenseman. They dealt a veteran in Ryan Murray away. They traded Marcus Nudabara away. They were looking for a puck-moving defenseman. Michael Delzato is. Does he turn it over sometimes? Yeah, he does. Show me who doesn't. Tell me who doesn't. Would you rather have Gabriel Carlson playing more minutes than Michael Delzato? Would you rather have Dean Kukin playing more minutes than Michael Delzato? Maybe you would. I would not. 
I like what Michael Delzato has brought to this team. I like uh, what he does. To be honest with you, I don't know how much longer you're going to have to worry about how much he's playing because he's played so well that if the Blue Jackets aren't going to be in playoff contention, that I'm sure there will be a team out there that would be interested in Michael Delzato. That's my opinion. So yeah, there you have that. But um, I, I don't, that, it almost boggles my mind that you asked that question. Really? Because I think this team needs more veteran players and less young players. If the window's open, if the window's not open, then you go young and, and build. But this team needs more experience, especially at that position. And I'm glad they got Michael Delzato. I'm glad that they signed him. And I'm glad that he's here for as long as he's going to be here. So there you have it. Uh, Mark Carell, the second. The lack of urgency is flat out appalling. In your opinion, what in the heck is going on? And why is the effort still in question with this team, especially against the worst team in the division? Truly pathetic. Uh, that's on the heels of a Saturday loss in Detroit. And it was pathetic. And there is no excuse. And why is the effort not there? Listen, here's what happens. You know this, but you have to sit and think about it in times like this. And I, I put the 24-hour rule on myself to come up with this answer, quite frankly. And it is this. It is um, that you're always going to have a game like that. If you're lucky, you're only going to have one. But you're always going to have games like that where you don't show up and you get beaten by a team that you should never get beaten by and it just drives you crazy in the whole nine yards. The problem is the timing of it. The problem is you need all the points you can get. You're going up against an inferior opponent on paper and you need to get those points and you didn't. So that's why we're all mad. But why does it happen? I have no idea. There is no excuse for it. I mean, to lose is one thing. To get beaten is another thing. And, and that's what that was on Saturday. That was just getting beaten. So I just, I don't know. But it happens. But if it happens in October, we get over it. When it happens in the stretch trying to make the playoffs, it drives us nuts. But we've seen it before with this group. I guarantee you. I can't pick a day or an opponent, but in the last four years, I know it's happened every single year where there'd be a game like that. And again, it's just like what I said about whether or not you have the right mix. It, you have problems. What do you do now about it? Same with the team. What do you do now? Where do you go from there? How do you rectify it? That's what's on. That's on them. All right, let me go to uh, Instagram here for a couple of comments. Uh, Bobby Mac Sports on Instagram. You can find me too. I got to use that platform more. I have to. Okay. Um, C. Crowell says, how do you think the team could make line A be a more offensive threat besides just on the power play? Tell them to shoot. Tell them to get the puck and shoot the puck. Even if you hit somebody, shoot it. Then pick it back up and shoot it at them again because they're going to get the heck out of the way the second time because that first time is going to hurt. Quit trying to be fancy. Quit trying to make the perfect play. Quit passing the puck off to somebody else. Shoot it. That's what I would say. That's my recommendation on that. Uh, CBJ fan four says, well, or says, um, well, I don't have a question. My attitude is que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be about this team from here on out. Thanks, because now I've got Doris Day's song in my head for the rest of my day. Thank you. 
Cooper Conrad, will they ever be back on Fox Sports Ohio, YouTube, TV, or Direct TV? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm the radio guy, and I, I don't know the answers to that question, but you do know that Fox Sports Ohio is changing to Bally Sports Ohio coming up at the end of the month. Uh, well, at the end of the month, it's coming up by Thursday. It'll be changed. So, you know, at some point, I don't know when it is, and I don't know the the inner workings of all of that. Uh, at some point, I would think that it'll be a priority for that network to rectify that. Whenever that happens, I, I don't know. I'm not making you any promises because I, I don't know. Uh, Lucas Brand X. Oh, never mind. That's stupid. That's 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 an advertising comment. I didn't. I should have read ahead on that because I don't really. I don't really need to tell you about how Lucas bought a new truck and he's buying a grocery store and that I should check out this same program he used. <laughs> dummy, way to go. I'm talking me, myself, dummy. For not, uh, I, got, I got all into it and I'm just reading down the thing and doggone it, I got caught. Oh, well, you get caught once in a while. Again, it's what are you going to do about it? How are you going to rectify it? Well, I'm going to rectify it by um, telling you about Sunday's game and previewing what the Blue Jackets are going to face in Tampa against the Lightning. Well, I'll tell you, before I get to Sunday's recap, I forgot one thing on one of those answers. I was asked about Gus Nyquist and where he might fit back into this lineup when he is healthy and ready to play again. I would put Gus Nyquist anywhere in this lineup, especially for a guy that can find points and can get goals and assists and and help this team offensively. Uh, He can go anywhere. In my opinion, you can have Patrick Line on the left side on one line. You can have him on the left side on another line. Um, is it time to move Domi back to the middle and see if he's going to be able to play there? And, uh, you know, Stenlin, look, you're trying to win. I understand that. Um, but where, you know, where is this team going at the center position? Is, is Ryan McInnes really going to be part of it or not? Um, Kevin Stenland, where does he slot in? Is it with line A like he has been playing? Is it uh, is it down lower? I think it's probably down lower. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe he'll be fine at that position as, as it goes along. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, yeah, Gus can go anywhere. He needs to be in the top six. Obviously, he will be in the top six. But uh, wherever you can put him wherever you want to right now because this team's not scoring again. So that'll lead right to the Sunday recap. Losing four to one in Detroit. It wasn't as egregious as Saturday when Saturday they just got outplayed right out of the shoot. Uh, but it was uh, nonetheless still frustrating because they lose again to a team that they shouldn't lose to on paper. You shouldn't lose to the Detroit Red Wings. You should have been able to go in there and get points. Now you come out with absolutely nothing. You've already fallen now into sixth place in the division. You come out of that with nothing, and now you've got to go take on the defending Stanley Cup champs, and then you got to go across the state and take on another good team in the Florida Panthers. So nothing comes easy for this Blue Jackets team, and there's a lot of frustration, and they're going to try to clear it out of their systems in Tampa. And it's uh, – I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's to the point where I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they weren't able to come out of there with a split. I'm shocked that – uh, they didn't have so much drive from what happened on Saturday to find a way to win on Sunday. It's just, um, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Uh, you're frustrated. They're frustrated. I'm frustrated. 
but frustration's not getting you anywhere. It all goes back to my theme. I guess if I was to, to name this episode, it would be, what are you going to do now? So what are they going to do now? They're going to go to Tampa. And what are they going to do to get out of this? How are they going to handle the lightning? We're going to find out. And I, and I don't know what the answer is. I thought that, as I just said, I thought Sunday would be a much better performance than Saturday. It was better. It was better because you weren't getting, you know, run all over for the entire game, but you still lost and you still scored only one goal. I said this at the end of my broadcast. I'll say it again. I used to tell my son this all the time. He used to come home from games like that, four to one games. Now there were two empty nets in this one, obviously, but he'd come home and he'd be all upset. And I said, listen, here's one thing you got to remember is whenever your team scores one goal, they're asking the goaltender to pitch a shutout every time. And that's unfair, and it's hard to do. And that's what uh, Elvis has been put into that spot in the last two games. Pitch a shutout. We can only get one. And the question is very real. If you could only get one against the Red Wings, who had a goalie playing that has not played much in two years, if you can't get goals in that situation, what the heck are you going to do against the, the defending Stanley Cup champs? Now, I've seen this team go into those situations where you think that's it. They can't do anything, and they do something. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm not going to say expecting it because I don't know what to expect right now. But I'm hoping for them to surprise me and to surprise the Tampa Tampa Bay Lightning. So that game, the first game of the two-game set there, is going to be on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll join me on the Blue Jackets radio network with pregame coverage starting at 6.30 on Tuesday night. So thanks for your questions. Uh, appreciate it as always. It's been uh, good to answer your questions. And uh, there are more questions coming, good, bad, or ugly. There's more questions coming. And uh, next week, I'll have a full new batch of them for you. And uh, I look forward to that. I think I look forward to that. I, no, I do. I do. Look, in these trying times, you've got to have somebody to you're, – you're looking to find out what you can find out, right? And uh, we all need somebody to talk to is what I'm trying to say. So we've got each other. We'll do it again next Monday. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Monday Mailbag of CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.